Whether we recognize it or not, we all have influence in other people's lives around us. Hi, I'm Femi Asabin, a preacher for the Church of Christ. Thank you for tuning in to today's show, Using Your Influence for God's Purposes in Your Lives. We will look at John the Baptist and how he used his ministry to lead others to Christ by aligning himself with God's will. The scripture that we will utilize for this sermon is John chapter 1, verses 19 through 34. It's not that people need validations of others, but it helps. Sometimes to confirm somebody's identity, it helps to get a a source that another person already has built faith up in. This was the case in the days of, well, slightly after Jesus, after he had died on a cross, went to the tomb, was risen and ascended to heaven. There was this other man, John the Baptist, who still has some disciples. And John the Baptist, we know, died before Christ did. But John the Baptist's influence on the Jews at his time was great, so much great that even after the church had been established, you had people who were still following John's baptism that had to be retaught Jesus. All that to say that John had an impactful influence on the Jews and that if John said something, the Jews took it serious. So much so that Pharisees, and scribes and priests wanted to know what he was talking about because he was had an impact in people. Jesus used, utilizes John's teaching one day to catch up the Pharisees. John's baptism is that of man or of God. They didn't want to answer because they knew that if they said it was of man, that the people held John in a high regard. So John the Baptist was very influential. And all of the Gospels utilize John's witness of Jesus Christ in their introductions to this Christ. We're going to look at John, the Gospel, and what he tells us about John the Baptist and how John confirms the identity of Christ. We realize that John is writing this gospel so that people will have belief in Christ and in belief that they will have eternal life. And he starts off by talking about Jesus was always in existence with God. Jesus was the word manifested in flesh. And after he tells us this, he tells us that there was this guy named John who was preaching a baptism of repentance in water but also pointing to Jesus Christ so that people would put faith in Jesus and have this baptism of the Holy Spirit that Jesus was bringing. Let's put some scripture behind these thoughts. John 1, 19 through 34. And this is the record of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? 
that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. And they which were sent were of the Pharisees. And they asked him and said unto him, Why baptizest thou then, if thou be not that Christ, nor Elias, neither that prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize with water, but there standeth one among you whom ye know not. He it is who cometh after me is preferred before me, whose shoes latchets I am not worthy to unloose. These things were done in Batharaba beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore, I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Both Johns are trying to get people that would follow God to recognize that Jesus is the son of God, the Messiah coming to the world to take away sins and offer salvation to those who would put faith in him. And as John states, as I already stated before, the purpose of this gospel is to get to lead people to believe in Jesus so that they can have salvation. A person that the Jews believed pointed to Christ to get people to have salvation. You see, John knew who he was, even if nobody else did. John the Baptist knew who he was. He knew that he was not the Christ. So when these religious leaders come and ask him, who are you and why are you doing these things? Are you the Christ? Are you the prophet? Are you Isaiah? He says, no, I am just one who is a voice in the wilderness making straight the path of the Lord. What John did was he defined himself by scripture and God's purpose. And when we remember who John the Baptist was, sometimes it's easy to forget that John was the son of a priest whose father had a vision from God while he was ministering in the temple and didn't believe what God said and was struck deaf until the things came to pass that God revealed to him. So it would have been easy for John as the son of a priest to minister in the temple Proclaiming God's word. But that wasn't God's plan for him. God's plan for John was to be in the wilderness making straight the path of the Lord. Something that only John 
understood because God revealed it to him. And this identity was informed by scripture. What scripture is he quoting? He's quoting Isaiah 40 into where John, I mean, Isaiah talking about after God's wrath has been abated and God's actually going to do something good for his people, he's going to send a messenger to make the path straight for God's Messiah. Because at that time, Isaiah is prophesying that you guys are going to go into Babylonian exile. There's going to be trouble for you because you have disobeyed God's word. But at the end of that, God is going to restore you back to his presence. And so he starts off, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. God is going to forgive you. He's going to bring you back into relationship with him. And how he does this is he's going to send somebody telling you how to get straight before him. This somebody is John the Baptist. And what does he come with? He comes with a, a message of repentance and baptism. Repentance. Change your mind towards your outlook on life and adopt God's outlook. Most simple definition I can give you. Stop doing what you want to do. Do what God wants you to do. Repentance. Do what God would have you to do once you get an understanding of it. Repentance. Change your life to fit with God's life for you. Baptism. Wash yourself away of these sins so that you can be forgiven by God. Because that's what God says. Repentance and baptism leads people to Jesus Christ and the salvation that he offers. That's the message that John the Baptist had. He's making straight the path of the Lord by teaching repentance and baptism. He understands that he is not the path. He's a director to it. He understands that he does not define how his ministry is played out. He is just one who defines it by God's word and scripture and lives according to it. He understands that he is not held accountable to man, but to God. They question him. Why are you teaching the baptism of? Why are you teaching this baptism? He tells them, I'm doing God's work. They don't understand it. Who are you? I am the one who's pointing people to God. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not the one who's going to save you. I'm going to point you to the one who will do that. I'm just a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. But as he cries out into the wilderness... He still needs God to reveal to him who Christ is. He still needs God to show him by the method that God is going to show him who Jesus is. I did not know who this Messiah was until the sign that God told me was revealed, which was the spirit ascending on him at his baptism. So John is just preaching this message baptizing people and waiting for God to reveal to him who the Christ is going to be. And when that is revealed to him, then he tells people that that's the Jesus. And that's where the rest of this chapter starts off at 35 and following. Because then John starts pointing to this Christ and those whom John was teaching 
who understood the depth and what John was saying, they start following this Christ who John was pointing to. John the Baptist was a man of God who the people held in high regard, who knew who he was, and just did what God asked him to do according to God's word, pointing people to Christ. And if we consider John the Baptist, we also consider we are influential in our lives. We have people who hold all words with weight, and if we say something, then they will believe it. If we confess Christ to people, they will believe our testimony because they value what we say because of who we are to them. God has given us all influence. The question is, what do you do with that influence? God has given us all a task, maybe not to preach, but to exemplify godliness, to live such in this world that you're defined by scripture and God's calling on your life and not by your earthly identity. You see, it would have been easy for John the Baptist to just say, my father's a priest and I can minister in the temple. God, it makes more sense. I'm giving a message of God in the place where God's people meet. No, God says, you're going to go into the wilderness your favorite food is going to be locusts and wild honey. And you're going to walk around in a camel skin and you're going to have a message of repentance that the priests, the Levites, will not understand, but the people will because that's my calling for you. And as we think about our life, we understand that we have influence, but we also understand that God has a purpose for us defined by Scripture to promote godliness wherever he puts us. And that's not always where we would expect it at the front end of our lives. Sometimes God puts us in a position, in a place far away from where we originally started so that we can have the greatest impact because we're going to call people to him in a place that's unexpected that God can really work. In the wilderness, those that came to see John the Baptist had to come to see John the Baptist to hear the message that he spoke because they really believed it. And what God did was he provided an opportunity for him to preach, but also the water to baptize. So where God called him to, he gave him everything that he needed. Where God has placed each and every one of us in our lives, he has given us everything that we need to be successful in what he has called us to in ministry. We have to have faith in that. We have to actually go about and proclaim this message in some aspect of our lives. We don't all have to be John the Baptist who go out and preach this repentance and who condemn these religious leaders, but we can, in the circles that we find ourselves in, speak a word of Christ guide people to Jesus. Tell them salvation is found in Christ. And in doing that, John gives us a good example of the humility to have. Because it would be very easy and we see it 
taken for granted today and how a lot of people run with this prestige that they get with this this notoriety that they get from proclaiming Jesus and they get a great following and then they are the Christ. They are the plan and they forget that they're just a man and Jesus is the plan. And they forget that the message that they say has to be informed by scripture and scripture only. And so they lead people astray. And so they actually are promoting their own, their will, their way, leading people away from the very God that they proclaim to lead people to. And they're condemning themselves because they have forgotten that they're not the way. So as we promote Christ in our lives, as we tell people about Jesus, what we must do is straighten them out to Scripture because we are not the plan. We're just man. And our only task is to show people who Christ is because we have no salvation to offer. We have no heaven to put people in. Dare I say we have no heaven to kick people out of. (laughs) So all we can do is show people the Jesus that's in scripture and allow Jesus to work in them and not condemn them. Because sometimes how God calls a person is not how the world would understand it. John the Baptist, your father, Zachariah, is a priest. You can go work in the temple. Why not go there? That's not what God wants God wants me here. Where does God want you? He has placed you there. And if he wants you somewhere else, dare I say, God will reveal it to you and move you there if you don't fight. Because you can resist. You can buck up and say, God, I'm not going to do it. And that's the condition that the Israelites found themselves in. And so that's why Isaiah had to preach a message of peace. Because they were going to find themselves in some turmoil given by God because they were disobedient. They were going to find themselves being condemned and under God's wrath because they did not follow God's law. And if you're not going to follow the law, the word, the will of God, you are going to experience the wrath, the punishment the condemnation, the judgment of God. And the only person that you will have to blame is yourself. So Isaiah can prophesy to a bunch of stiff-necked, hardened-heart people and still maintain his relationship to God. John the Baptist can proclaim Jesus to a brood of vipers and still maintain his relationship with God. We can proclaim Jesus Christ to people in this world, no matter what they're doing, how how evil their deeds are, and still maintain our relationship to God. What am I saying? We don't have to be tainted by the world just because we're in the world. And we can say something about Jesus that would draw some to Christ. Not all, but that's not 
what we have to worry about. All we got to do is present the word. And make sure that we don't make ourselves grander than what we really are. Because there's a tendency, as you're working with people, as you're teaching them truth, to make your truth the only way. When in reality, it's God's truth we should be pointing people to. Because what you're going to do, if you don't keep yourself humbled, you are going to fall. You're going to exalt yourself and you're going to put yourself on a limb and you will not be able to validate what you're saying by God's word. You can validate it by all type of personal justification. You can validate it by all type of man's logic, but it won't be by scripture. And as we think of scripture, the question is, does scripture define you and the work that you do for God? Can you build your ministry only on scripture or are you doing things for personal reasons? Can you say like John the Baptist, if you want to know me, you have to know the depth of this scripture that I am I am functioning through. So, God tells us that there's one church, there's one faith, there's one hope, one baptism, one Lord, one Jesus. Do we really believe that? God tells us the meek shall inherit the earth. God tells us, forgive. And as you forgive, I'll forgive you. God tells us to love our enemy. God tells us to transform our thoughts and be renewed in the spirit. And not conform to the pattern of this world. Scripture that's supposed to define us. Is it? Or do we see parts of scripture that we say, I like that. And then other sections of scripture that say, oh, I'm not going to do that. Because that's not what I want to do. Selective. Yes, and when you're selective, you're actually selecting God's wrath. Because the problem with the children of Israel was, it was not that they didn't do some of God's will. They didn't do all of it. And then they started doing what they wanted to do. So they would honor God and have a, a shrine to build, a grove to Ashtoreth, a small pagan idol. <laughs> I'm still going to the temple, but I'm doing this other stuff that God's telling me not to do because they weren't defined by Scripture. John the Baptist is defined by Scripture. We should be defined by scripture and the things that we do. We can find our reason and purpose for it in scripture. In class, we talked about things under the sun. God has given us joy in some of the labor we do. But he has also given us a calling in our efforts for a heavenly purpose. 
And we should allow that to call us to something greater than just seeking pleasure in this life. And as we do that, we understand we all have a ministry that we can be a part of. Live it. Fulfill it. Do it. Because if we don't spend some of this time under the sun pointing people to the sun, do we really have an expectation to be in God's eternal presence? If everything that we do is for this life and not tied to some aspect of ministry, ministry meaning helping point people to Jesus, what are we really doing? Because God has put us in these circles that we're in for a purpose. And it's not to be worldly. We all have been given gifts. And not everybody understands the ministry that you're a part of. But if you do it based upon scripture, guided by God and Jesus' Holy Spirit, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. And the beautiful thing about that is as we point people to Jesus, we don't have to add or subtract from the word. And if we humble ourselves and point people to Jesus, what will really happen is that they'll get a hold, a grasp of scripture and move us out the way. Apollos, a man eloquent with speech, only knew the baptism of John was approached by Aquila and Priscilla and they sat him down and they taught him Jesus. And what happens? He lets go of his faulty notion of salvation of John the Baptist being the sole provider of God's revelation to understand that it's really Jesus. So he loses this affinity that he has for John the Baptist, latches on to Jesus Christ's truth and lets that be what guides him in his ministry. And so what's supposed to happen with each and every one of us, me included, is a person supposed to maybe be introduced, shown the light by us, but it leads them to scripture. And they get hold of that scripture and they study it for themselves. And then after a while, I'm in my right place. I'm nobody. Think about the person that led you to Christ. With the proper understanding, they're no better than you. Some people would like to profess that I'm great because I led you to Christ, but no. They're no different than you. They're still a lost soul who needs Jesus Christ. And once you point them to the way, once a person can see that what you're actually saying is of God or the Bible, then they'll see you in your proper light. They'll magnify Christ and Christ's word. Because what's going to happen is we don't have a full understanding of everything that God's calling us to. But the Bible does. And they'll be able to study for themselves and they'll be able to obtain the knowledge that God wants them to have. And they'll be able to obtain the salvation that is only afforded in Jesus Christ. But where does that start? That starts with hearing it. But once they hear it, once we all have heard the message was pointed to Christ, what had to happen was repentance. Straighten that path to Christ. It started with repentance. The person said, you know what? 
I'm comfortable. I'm used to thinking the way I think. But the way I think is not right. I need to think like God. So I need to take out my mind, my ways, my thoughts, and put in Christ's thoughts. So I repent of my actions, my words, my deeds, so that I can do what it is that God is calling me to do. That's what John the Baptist was getting the people to say. You need to repent of your ways because salvation is coming in Jesus Christ. And once you repent, change your mind, get baptized for the remittance of your sins. Because we all got them. We all got them. But what God is calling us to is something that's greater that the way he says, you know what, I have grace that affords the mess ups that you have done in life to where I overlook that. But as I overlook that, overlook your sins and as I, as I, as I put you in a place to be with me eternally, I want you to be working to show other people the way that you changed your life, the way that you changed, the way that you're going to receive this salvation that is only afforded through Jesus Christ. Because once you accept Jesus Christ and you put him on in baptism, what God does through that is give you the Holy Spirit so that you're not working alone. And that's what John was telling people. This baptism that I have is a baptism of repentance. But this baptism that Jesus Christ is coming to get, that God is going to reveal to me, that can be, def- that, that, that's revealed in Scripture, it's going to give you the Holy Spirit. And when you have the Holy Spirit, you have God working in you. And the more you work with God, the more God works with you. So that that belief will be justified and your hope will be realized. That's why John wrote this gospel. And he started it off with the person that the Jews held in high esteem. We can proclaim the same gospel. And we can proclaim it to people that hold us in high esteem and point them to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Let's try our best we can to be a witness. And I challenge us. I'm going to start with a simple challenge. I'm going to give myself this challenge. One person a month. Let's see if we can sit down and open God's word with them. Just one person a month. And if we pray for that, God will lead them to us. All I'm saying is let's just be more active in the ministry God has placed us in and point more souls to Christ and let God do the work because it's his work anyway. We're just participating in it. That's the message. I hope that it reaches you in a place that will cause you to consider and to go back and read John 1. And as you read John 1, I would recommend go back and read Isaiah 40 and 41 to see what John thought about this message and to see what God was doing to his people at that time. Because we have a mighty and a gracious God who loves us, who's overlooking some of our faults so that we could be with him eternally. And he's given us a path to do it.
I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son, Jesus, to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church. If you want to be added to it, go to your local church of Christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.